It's so good to be together. How many are happy to be in church today? You're happy that the building is okay and we're all good in here and uh, wow, I don't know if, if you uh, weren't on time for church this morning, you have no idea what's that about. We had just some extra special connection time outside in the rain when the fire alarm was going off and uh, it's just good to be together in church. I, I want to again remind you that we're two weeks now away from Easter, and it, what an opportunity it is to have people come to church that might not otherwise come to church. It really is one of the best weeks of the year. In fact, it's my favorite Sunday of the entire year because Jesus has risen. Come on, somebody. It's, it's, it is the, the peak of the calendar, and I'm so excited about these invites. In fact, the response to these invitations, I expected it to be positive because I, I love the design that our, our creative team came up with. Just such a a picture of really what life without uh, Jesus looks like and the fact that love conquered death. And so I was excited to give these out, but I didn't realize uh, how much people were going to be digging on these things. I gave one to a neighbor, and they've never come to church before. I've invited them a bunch of times, and he looked at this thing, and he gave me this huge smile, and he's like, I connect to this. This is good. And then I went down to the park uh, on Thursday this week, and I had a bunch of these in my pocket, and there was uh, a father that I know and his, uh, his two kids, he was there with the kids, and I pulled one out to give to him, and I handed him this invitation, and I was, he just took a look at it, and then his eyes kind of looked up at me, and his eyes lit up, and then he went all Tiger Woods circa 2001, high-fiving his caddy at the Masters. Come on, you know when the, when the little Nike swoosh was rolling towards the hole, and all of a sudden it just dipped in, and then like he went to high-five the caddy, and like they didn't know how to do a high-five, they should practice it, right, like as if... Anyways, they didn't know what to do, and it was this weird, awkward thing. We actually did better than that. He kind of reaches back, and he's like, slams me with this big high five. Now, honestly, I've invited, I would honestly think, hundreds of people to church in my life. My first high five. That was like, that was the first. <laughs> so I'll encourage you to grab, in fact, we've got, I want every one of the ones that we've already got here. We've got two orders of these. The second order is coming in this week. I want to make sure we've got no more of these at the end of the service. In fact, I've instructed our Connect team to basically just hound you in the lobby until they've gotten rid of all of them. So just watch out for that. Um, I'm excited. As Rachel said, honestly, my heart is so excited to bring you this word this morning. I'm not excited because I have some sort of profound word like you've never heard that you're just going to sit there and be like, well, that, uh, what a great preacher that was. Honestly, it's not what's in my heart today. I'm excited because God has something for you. And I just get to be a small part of delivering that into your life today. And this is a series called More. And it's on the Holy Spirit. And in week number one, we talked about how Jesus, really, what for me is the most, like, how do you even imagine that he said that statement? That he ever said while he walked on the earth. The night before he went to the cross, he's sitting with his disciples. And they're in this upper room, and they've seen Jesus uh, heal people. They've seen him turn water into wine. They've seen him turn uh, some, some bread and some fish into food that could feed a multitude. Like, they've seen him raise someone from the dead. And then he's sitting with them, and he's like, hey, guys, guess what? It's going to be better for you that I go away. And they're like, how could it be better for us that you go away, Jesus? I'm pretty sure that you raising the dead and healing everyone around us and, and basically being the best thing anyone has ever seen is the best thing anyone's ever seen. And so we think you should stick around. And Jesus is like, no, I'm going to go away. And you know why that's better for you? It's because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and there's more for you. God has more for you. And Jesus wants to get his disciples amped up and excited about what's to come. And it is the absolute same today. Jesus would speak that same thing to you today, that there is more for you. He wants you to be excited about 
about what is yet to come in your spiritual journey. That was week number one. In week number two, we talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We looked at the 17 different names that the Bible gives to the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of grace, the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of counsel. Uh, just so that we could begin to grasp the very breadth of what God wants to bring into your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you missed either one of those messages, hop online. We got our podcast, we got our video messages. Hot, uh, uh, holler at your boy Daniel back there on the camera, making sure we get this online today. <laughs> that would have been awesome if Daniel just like spun the camera around to his face right there. That would have been really cool. But you didn't. Next time. Uh, go with me in the Bible to Acts chapter 19. This is our theme two verses for this series. Love the Bible. Love what God speaks to us. It says, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, the Apostle Paul passed through the inland country and he came to this city called Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. Now notice with me once again that these are disciples. These are followers of Jesus Christ. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And this is why, this text is why this series is a bedrock series for us as a church. It's why it's always going to be in the repertoire of what we're talking about and preaching about as a church, the ministry and power of the Holy Spirit. Because now some 2,000 years after Luke wrote this about some believers that didn't know what the Holy Spirit could bring to their lives, it's the same in church today, honestly. There's a lot of people that just aren't aware of what God has for your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to press into this this morning. And I want to, the first part of the message is going to be a bit more teachy then I use them. How many people you're like, I like the teachy stuff. Give me some teaching. Give me some, give me some really teachy things. I'm a little discouraged that there's none of you. I don't know what that says about my preaching. Yeah, there's some here. <laughs> I guess if you like the teaching, you go elsewhere. I don't know what that says. Think about these questions in advance. Um, the first part of the message is going to be a little bit teachy. And then we're going to wrap it up with some really personal and practical stuff. And really the design of this morning, really the design of this morning, one of the primary things I want to do this morning, I'll let you know my intentions in advance, is to just encourage as many of you as, are, as possible to get back here tonight in the presence of God, in the Holy Spirit. There's an encounter of more. God's got more for you. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, God's got more for you today. God's got more. And some of you don't believe it, but you're going to by the end of today in Jesus' name. So I want to talk about what the Bible describes as three different baptisms that we can experience in our spiritual journey. There's three times the Bible uses this word baptism to describe a next step that God wants to do in your life. One word, and the word simply means immersion. And it doesn't always mean like a, a dunking in water. It does at one point. Uh, but it also just means a spiritual immersion. There's a couple of cases where that's what the Bible is saying. And the Bible uses this one word to describe, as I said, three different experiences that we have in our spiritual journey in following Jesus. And the first one, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, is this. The first baptism is our baptism into Christ. Baptism into Christ. And this is your salvation experience. The Bible describes baptism as salvation in Galatians chapter 3. It says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So because of what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit comes along at salvation and in your heart puts this understanding that you become a son or you become a daughter of God. It's just this beautiful peace and rest that comes into your heart. You understand, man, I am a spiritual son or a daughter and God's my father. And Paul goes on continuing to describe salvation and he says it this way. He says, you were baptized into Christ baptized and you've put on 
Christ. And so this is the first baptism. And we talked about this a lot in the first two weeks of the series, that your salvation, that baptism into Christ, is a standalone experience in your spiritual journey. And God didn't put anything else with it because he wanted it to stand alone and he wanted to be all about what he did for you and not what you would do for him. And so as long as Resonate Church exists, we're just going to keep saying this over and over and over again, that salvation is a gift received by faith alone because of God's grace and you can't earn it before you get it and you definitely can't earn it after you get it. It is only a gift of God's grace. And the Bible says that it is a gift. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says it is a gift that we receive from God. God wanted it to be a gift. So you and I would never go, we had one cent to do with it. In fact, that way for all eternity, we're praising God, not because we did something to get to him, but because of who he is. It's the thing that gets our eyes off of ourselves. And that's why it is from first to last, from start to finish a gift. God made it stand on its own, this baptism. And listen, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to do something in your Christian walk. Oh, you got to serve people. We're called to love one another. We're called to be wholehearted, devoted followers of Jesus Christ, to follow in the instruction that he has for our lives. We're to live generously. Come on, the list goes on and on and on. All that stuff is wonderful, and God's going to lead you in it. But God didn't want you to mix any of that up with salvation so that we would understand it is a gift of God's grace. That's the first baptism. It is baptism into salvation. And we see the, the disciples... Uh, actually walk through this baptism, this first baptism in John chapter 20. This is the end of John's gospel. And he says this, uh, verse 19 says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week. And so what's he saying there? On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. So, right, this is right after Jesus has been resurrected and he was crucified, Easter's coming, he was crucified on the Friday, rose again on the Sunday, Sunday being the first day, of the week. And so all John's trying to say to us here is, hey, it's still Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that Jesus has risen again. And well, what's going on? Well, the disciples, they're hidden behind some, some walls because of some legitimate fear. They've just seen Jesus crucified. And the Bible tells us that Jesus came and stood among them. So Jesus' resurrected body is coming and he's just walking through walls. You can imagine if Jesus walked through a wall to get into a room where you were locked up, already pretty afraid. He would need to say what he said next, which was, peace be with you. <laughs> when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so, watch this, right? They, they go from fear, the door's locked, and then all of a sudden Jesus walks in and they're glad. A little sidebar, a little sidebar. That's what happens when we get into the presence of God. You know, you go from fear and chaos. I'm glad I've been here. Some peace in your life. Peace be with you. Well, Jesus knows that he just walked through a wall. They could probably use hearing it again. So once again, he just goes, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And so this is beautiful. We see right here in this first baptism, in this salvation experience, Jesus is talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. This for the disciples is the moment where they had their sins forgiven. 
And you're like, didn't they walk with Jesus for three years? Hadn't they already been following? Didn't they already have their faith in him? Yes, yes, and yes. But Jesus hadn't yet been to the cross to pay for sins. And so this is the moment now where they've already had faith in him, but now they have faith in his resurrection. And this is the moment where they receive salvation. They have their sins forgiven. This is the disciples' moment of salvation. And notice, as we said last week, there is an impartation of the Spirit that happens when you get saved. When you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. And we said it this way last week, and I love this illustration. This bottle right here has received water. It's got water in it. It's received water. But there is another baptism to come, and and we're going to see that. It's the third baptism. And that would be like when this bottle of water would get thrown into a swimming pool. Now that bottle of water has been immersed. It's not just got water in it. It's now immersed in water. And so we see here the first baptism, but we understand that there's baptisms to come. And we actually understand this because Luke writes about this very same day where uh, the disciples are in this upper room for fear and Jesus appears to them and says some things to them. Now Luke writes the same story, but he adds some details. And I love this about the Gospels. You got the four accounts and the different writers, they add little details that maybe the other didn't, didn't say. And so this is what Luke says about that very same encounter. Are you with me? It's teaching, right? But you're with me, right? You're with me. You're following along. The four of you that love the teaching, you're with me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now you, now you see, some of you, you didn't raise your hand. You know what it was? The, teach, the people that like the teaching, they don't like raising their hands. That's the thing. There's 50 of you that like the teaching, and now you're feeling bad. You're like, we better let them know. And so let's do a golf clap. Okay, so here we are. <laughs> in verse 36, Luke says, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Notice, same story, same resurrection Sunday. Look what happens next. Verse 49, Jesus says, behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit upon you. But stay in the city until And note this future tense, right? So Jesus has breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, he's like, but stay here until you receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that's amazing, right? Jesus has said, receive the Holy Spirit because when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. But he says, but hang on, you're gonna be baptized. You're gonna be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to stay here because I don't want you going out until you receive this immersion in the Holy Spirit. You're gonna be clothed. I love the illustration that Jesus gives to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, you're going to be clothed with power from on high. That's the, so that's the first baptism. The disciples receive it. We see the Apostle Paul talk about baptism number one, baptism into Christ Jesus. Now, there is a second baptism, and uh, it is, if you're taking notes again, the second baptism, the first was baptism into Christ. Second time the Bible uses this same word to describe a different experience is baptism in water. Baptism in water, that's the second baptism. And this is an important baptism. Every single week here, we give an opportunity for people to make a faith decision and receive Jesus as Lord. And we get to the end of the service and we get everyone to bow your heads. And we do that because your decision to follow Jesus Christ is a private decision at the start. It's a private decision. We don't call you up to the front. We don't get you to fill out a little card and then sign it. You know, we do ask you to check that off and on your connect card so we can send you some next steps, but really that's not what saves you. It's a private decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It is a private decision, it's a private moment. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and some of you are gonna experience that today in Jesus' name, I'm excited about that. But it's a private decision that at a point in time needs to go public. 
In fact, 27 times in the New Testament, we see that baptism is pretty much right on top of receiving salvation. Again, these are two separate things, and the reason they're separate is that God doesn't want anything connected to your salvation experience other than just salvation, so you can get saved and be baptized a year later. But there needs to be a moment where you take it public. Salvation is a private decision, but it needs to go public at some point. And for those of you that you've been saved, you've made a decision to follow Jesus, and you've never been baptized, I'm so excited that in the next few months to lead you into that second baptism experience. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be one of the highs of your whole spiritual journey. And because the Bible says that when you take it public for Jesus, come on, he takes it public for you. Matthew 10, 32 says, everyone who acknowledges me before men, well, I'm also gonna acknowledge before my Father that's in heaven. And so the second baptism is that one that we talked about. It's a physical one. It's an immersion in water, and it's just saying... What Jesus did for me, his death and his resurrection and being raised back to life, I identify it with it, and I want the world to know I'm making that decision public. And if you've never been baptized in water, you've been serving Jesus for like a month or 10 years or any time in between or longer, at some point during the service today, grab the Connect card that's in your seat. There's a little box there that says, I want to be baptized. We've already got a bunch of these cards back from people that say they want to be baptized, we would love to get some more, schedule another baptism Sunday uh, coming up here real soon. And here's what we do with that. We actually, we actually, you know, it's not a commitment to be baptized. We just want to send you, I'll send you a video where I explain it a little bit more. And we send you our uh, answers to some frequently asked questions like, you know, do I need to bring a towel? And when do you do it? And what's it look like? And so you can check that box off, drop it off in our giving and card box. That's baptism in water. That's the second one. You with me? I told you it was going to be teachy. That's good stuff. I'm excited for you to get this. I honestly am so excited as your pastor for you to get this because for some of you, your Christian life feels like heavy-duty paddling. And it just feels like a lot of work. And today, when we're talking about this third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I am so excited for you to understand that God has a gift of his power and his presence in your life. So come on, just fuel you for the journey and the call that God's got for you. That's why I'm loving teaching on this this morning. Let's get to that third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about it as that when he said this in Acts chapter 1. It, said, well, he's, it says at first, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the Holy Spirit or the promise of the Father. Then he reminds them, guys, he's like, guys, remember how I was talking about this? I was so excited about this. Remember, you know, the night before I went to the cross, I was so, I was like, guys, it's good for me to go away. This is going to be so great for you. Remember, I've been talking about this. Remember how like the last few days, it was pretty much one of the only things I was talking about that the Holy Spirit was going to come. You remember that, right? Right? Guys, you remember? John baptized you with water, but you're going to be baptized, immersed with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There's more. God's got more for you. There's another baptism. It's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I love about our church is there's some of you, and you're brand new to church, or you haven't been to church in a long time, and you're like, man, I just, if God's got more, I want it. And I'm leaning in, and I'm just ready for that. And honestly, I do know that there's others, and I'm talking about like this morning being about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, maybe because of an experience you had in church, there's kind of this trepidation. You're like, man, I've seen that packaged in a way 
that kind of turned me off to even the phrase, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I pray that's not the case for many people, but I do know it might be the case for some. And I just want to say to you this morning, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was never meant for Christian entertainment. It was never meant to be about re receiving some goosebumps or some chills in a church service. Understand, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not some sort of encounter you have to make you some super spiritual Christian to feel better than other people. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is so that we can be the church outside the walls of the church. It's only ever been about, it's not about eternity. Come on, you got that when you got saved. It's about this life. It's about this earth. It's about the fact that you got a calling on your life that's far beyond your ability to do. Should we be surprised that God would say, oh, guess what? You can't do what you need to do. Let me come alongside and help you. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're not talking about a weird church experience. We are talking about the presence of God to do what you cannot do on your own. So let's just throw that, that kind of like, you know, anything that has been some sort of weird packaging you saw around the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's just Let's just lean into who Jesus is today. And, you know, because honestly, for, for a lot of Christians, like we, we get God the Father because we have a Father. We get Christ the Son because, you know, again, we're in families. We kind of get this picture. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you're like, I'm just not sure what that would look like. And so I'm excited to tell you about this third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to make it really personal and practical for you today. And so I want to tell you about my journey in discovering the Holy Spirit, really the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my own life. And a lot of you know, I grew up in church, great Christian family. My parents attend our church. Uh, and I'm so thankful that my parents brought me up in church. Honestly, uh, the first part of my life, for, as it was for maybe a lot of people here, going to church and following God was just something my family did. Faith for me wasn't like a real personal thing, like where I showed up with this great expectation of God transforming my life. It was just... Well, this is what our family does. We go to church. And then at 12 years old, from a, from a, you know, for, what, for what would be, I think, a lot of people, kind of a young age to have this kind of encounter. It's not, certainly not too young, and I've heard of much younger. But for me, at 12 years old, my parents sent me off to my first Christian summer camp. And I wasn't really too happy with them for this because um, I, was, I was honestly a really timid kid. I mean, I, mom and dad, you know, I didn't want to be away from my parents at 12 years old. I just like, I, I'm not into that. And but, you know, me and my high-pitched voice and my um, tie-dyed Christian t-shirts went away to Christian summer camp. And I was, like, every night I wanted to, I wanted to go home so bad. I was like, you know, my parents came out to the camp because we kind of lived close. And I would, I'd literally stand next to their car and beg them, take me home. <laughs> but they were mean, and so they left me there. <clears throat> <clears throat> no, I, I know that they... They knew God had an encounter for me. And uh, I'm going to hear from my mom later about, you know, from that statement. But <laughs> it's just so you'll grow in your faith, right? It's just, that's what it is, mom. I just want to lead the church. So um, <laughs> I wanted to go home. And at the last week or the last night of that summer camp on the Friday night, I received what the Bible calls this immersion in the Holy Spirit, this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking a lot more about it tonight, you know, um, because for some of us, like when you, when you say like you want to receive more from God, you're like, man, I'd, I'd be into that. But some of you, it's like, well, there's that whole like tongues thing and where does that fit in? And you got questions around that. Come on, come back tonight. We're just going to be talking about just the beauty of what God has for you. And, um, but I, I experienced that at 12 years old. And God just began to change my life. And it wasn't about that 
for me, it was honestly, you know, the biggest thing for me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit was at 12 years old, I realized I had an assignment on my life. Like I just woke up to an assignment on my life. That's the big thing. The Holy Spirit comes to give you strength, empowerment to do what God's called you to do. And I can honestly describe, the best way I can describe it to you, it's not like I became like a superhero. I wasn't like, you know, shooting webs to buildings and just swinging through the middle of the city. But I knew there was a call on my life. And I went from honestly being the most timid kid in my class to having like this spiritual confidence that I couldn't even explain just with my own timidity and uh, that I had as a young child. In fact, so much to the point when my English teacher said the next year in grade eight, when my English teacher said, you guys can do, talk about anything you want to to the class. You can just do like your speech, get up in front of the class, You'd make your speech about whatever you want to make it about. I was like, okay, so uh, I'm going to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I knew I had an assignment on my life at 12 years old. I got up in front of my class and I preached like full on a gospel message. And that's like I had, I knew that what God had called me to was to like for people far from him. For me, it wasn't about like I want to be a pastor. It was just this burning desire to reach people far from God. And so I preached a message. In fact, I was so bold. I went to my grade eight teacher and I was like, listen, if I'm going to preach this message, I need some pads. I need some keys. I need some piano at the end of this thing. Yeah. I had my friend Bob Luciano bring his Korg M1 keyboard, set it up in the class, and at that moment where I asked for heads bowed and eyes closed, Bob hit the pads. You understand what I'm saying? I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I went, honestly, that's the best way I can describe it, is that I, like, the little boy inside me grew up. And I knew that, I, like, again, I wasn't perfect, and I never like, didn't disobey my parents again. You know, it's like, no, you're still human. You're still flesh. I was awake to the calling of God on my life and that I had power beyond myself to do it. I think that the reason that this third baptism is so different and so important is that none of us show up here to church with special talents. Like, the Christian life and who God uses to do things is not about, well, who's the most qualified? You know, it wasn't like, you know, God was looking around and he saw me and he's like, man, Shane would kill it on a microphone. Oh, it's honestly, I know me really well. Like when I look at what God is doing through my life, I don't look and say, wow, I did like God, that's so great. I know me and I know it's all God. In fact, when I look at what God is doing in this church on a week to week basis and I see the lives that God's changing and the people that are getting saved and the people that you show up every week and you're still like, I'm not even sure if God is real, but like I keep coming back and that's like just God, the anointing kind of just drawing you back. When I, when I look at all that, that God's doing, I know and the people closest to me know it's only God. It's only God. In fact, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, honestly, I can tell you, Resonate Church would not exist. And the book of Acts would not happen if it were not for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Peter is afraid to tell a little girl that he's a follower of Jesus. And then 50 days later, he's standing up and he's preaching and seeing 3,000 people saved. He goes from lock the doors, I'm freaked out, to, to 50 days later, um, I need to preach this gospel. And thousands of people are going to get saved. What was the intervening experience it was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Church, there's more for you. And what I, what I love about this message is that it is simple. And it is not because that you've got your life together. God is not looking to put his Holy Spirit on people that are perfect. He is like, you're saying, man, how could God even have this for me today? How could God have more for me? My life's a disaster. 
that's great because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like your salvation in that it is a gift from God. It's not earned. God doesn't give the Holy Spirit to the deserving. He gives the Holy Spirit to the desiring. God doesn't give the Holy Spirit to you because you're some sort of super person. He gives it to you because of his grace. It's not to the great. It's because of his graciousness that we receive. Like so much in our spiritual world. Yes, yes, God has things for you to do. Of course he does. It's why we're still sucking oxygen on the planet today. But he doesn't say, come and get it all figured out. He simply says, okay, remove the barriers in your life. And that's why you'd say, well, what about, you know, tonight? Well, like, I want to encourage you to come back. And again, this isn't a pressure thing. You say, can I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit apart from a worship night? Yes, of course. I see one of my friends down here in in the front row that that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in in their life, just like in the back of church one day. Just no one was talking about nothing. Like, you can receive the, the, the Holy Spirit in your life and that immersion that you in the Holy Spirit, really, anytime. So why come back to a worship night? What's the big deal with this? Why would we do this kind of thing? It was just for us as a church, we've realized that your best posture to receive all the Holy Spirit has for you when there's a couple things going on in your life. Number one, just give yourself some extra time. You know, like you just got time with God. It's not rushed, it's not forced, you just got time. And the second thing that I found to be important is that you made a decision to show up someplace to seek something deeper. Because God's not just gonna like dump something on you that you didn't want. There's got to be like a desire in your heart. I want something deeper. I want something more. And so I want to encourage you tonight to dive into all that God has for you. And, you know, for my own life, it, as I said, with, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Resonate Church would not exist. Because we, we need far more than our human wisdom. When I track back to my calling, I, I, again, I, rem, I heard from God at 12 years old that, um, that there's this call on your life to reach hundreds of people far from God. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And I began to pray and I was like, God, you know, what do you want me to do? I'm pretty sure, you know, I should go off to Bible college and become a pastor. That seems like the way to reach, you know, lots of people. And God was like, I remember in my living room, I was sitting at the piano, just kind of noodling at the piano and just like worshiping God. And I remember the day the Lord spoke to me and I said, I had, I had just applied to Bible college and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to cancel your application because your journey to what I've called you to is going to look a lot different. And honestly, it's not going to make sense but I just want you to stay close and follow me. I heard God's voice that day. And so I canceled the application. I went off to music school. And I look back now and it totally didn't make sense, but God was just absolutely stirring and breaking my heart for people far from God. And I now see how much a part of his plan and a part of the DNA of our church, God was working through a very unusual way. But God led me along a path. And again, I'm not sharing this story so that you can say, wow, this is such a cool thing. Like, look what God did in your life. I'm sharing this because this is what God wants to do in your life. The call that's on your life. There isn't a single person here without an an assignment that goes beyond your ability to do. And so I I began to say, okay, God, what does that look like? And I was just trying to follow God. But honestly, it, it took over a decade of walking in a direction that I just wasn't even sure. Like, I just stayed close and I'd listen to what God was saying. And honestly, in my heart, some of the dreams of the things I thought God had put on my life to do were gone. Until one day, pretty much out of nowhere, the lead pastor of our church that was at the time about 3,000 people came up to me. And he's like, hey, would you ever consider being a pastor? And I kind of walked away from that idea so much as, as that was how God was going to fulfill the call on my life. So I actually looked at him and I said, no, I don't think I would. And as those words came out of my mouth, the Lord reminded me of the assignment on my life and the gift he put on my life. And it was never about the assignment. It was never about being a pastor. It was about the call to reach people far from God. And so as I began to say, I don't think... This is what I said. I tagged on this state, the statement to the end of the sentence, and I just said to him, you know, 
I do think that God put a gift on my life that he might be able to use in that way. And she said, well, I think you should apply because we're going to, you know, we're, we're doing something I think you should apply. And so this is what I did. I, I, I went home and I talked to Rachel about it. And we talked about whether or not we were going to apply for the job as a campus pastor. We talked about, we decided that we were going to apply. And here's what I did. I went into the interview and I said, on my way into the interview, I said, God, if this is of you, I will tell them not to hire me and they'll hire me. <laughs> So I went into the interview and I said, I don't think you should hire me. I don't think I'm the right guy. And you know what? They decided not to hire me. <laughs> it's like, can you believe it? They, you know, they listened to me and that was probably smart. And then, so they went on this journey of, uh, they were going to hire someone else that, that had the credentials and the qualifications. And then the day they were to make that decision official in a, you know, a church service with 1,200 people in it, lead pastor was in the front row next to him, the executive pastor, and I was up in the balcony, not down where the saved people sit, but up with the riffraff, like we were practically smoking up there. I don't even know why they were looking <laughs> up at me. <laughs> it's not really true, but I, like, I wasn't close to them or anything. And <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so... Um, God spoke to our lead pastor's heart right in that moment and said, that right there is your next campus pastor. You need to undo the decision that you guys have been making to hire this other person. At the very same time, in the very same song, without talking about it, the Holy Spirit spoke the very same thing to the executive pastor sitting next to him. And because Sundays were busy, there was four services on a Sunday, they didn't get a chance to talk until about 8 o'clock that night. And as the way they shared the story with me, they were both a little bit... Um, afraid to tell one another what had just happened because so much work had gone into hiring someone else. They wouldn't really even want to share with one another what God had said because like, you know, is the other one going to be okay with this? And at 8 o'clock that Sunday night, they said, hey, in that service, in this song, God spoke to me and said, Shane's the next campus pastor for us. And, and they looked at one another and they said, well, that's exactly what God spoke to me. And in that moment, they knew and I knew that God had done something that we couldn't deny. And I share that story again, not to say, wow, like what a great story you have. Honestly, all glory to God. I share that story to let you know that if we are going to do what God's called us to do in this city, come on, God, we're, we are going to be part of a move of God in this city. We are going to be part of a move of God in Canada. We're going to be a part of this global move of God, seeing more people come to faith literally in the last 20 years than has ever happened in human history. Did you know that? It's the move of God happening all around the world. And we're going to be a part of that. And how are we going to be a part of it? It won't be because we were talented. It won't be because we had it all together. It won't be because our lives were neatly packaged and God was able to use all the perfection that we brought to the table. It's going to be because we stand before God and simply say, I have faith that you want to do more and I'm willing to take a next step into what you have for me. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen this morning? And because we had a fire alarm and we've gone a little overtime, would you just bow your heads with me? I know that's an abrupt ending, but it's time to move on and just pray and really invite you back tonight, 6 o'clock. Parents, I want to let you know we put that time strategically for you so you could go home and you could have a little rest and you could eat some food and, with your kids and get them back and put some, put some earphones on them because it's going to be loud and proud and excited in this place. But um, we want you to be able to come with your families, and our kids are going to be with us in the front row. We also just want to say, hey, if you're not able to be back, don't worry about it. We're going to keep running worship nights, and, uh, and we just believe that the presence of God is going to be with you where you are tonight. But if you're able to come, come back and join us tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place today. God, we thank you that it's not my words, but it's just an exposition, God, of what you said in your word, that there's three baptisms, and, and you've... There's none of us, God, in this room that you don't have more for. There's none of us that don't have a spiritual next step. And I even know for my own life, God, God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry as I've ever been for your presence and power in my life. 
God, so that, that the world around us would know that you love them. God, I thank you that through every person's life in this place today, you want to carry the message to the world that you're love. You want to get that message to people. And I pray, God, that you would use us. I thank you that there's an assignment on our lives. I thank you that this baptism in the Holy Spirit is not for a church experience, but it's actually because you've given us an assignment that goes beyond ourselves, and we need your presence and your power. And so we lean into all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And there's some people in the room this morning, and with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, you need that first baptism. You need to make a decision today to put your faith and trust in Jesus for salvation. Well, that's the, that's the most important step that you will take in your entire life and journey of faith. It's saying not because of anything good I did, but because of what Jesus has done for me. I am brought near to God, made right with God, given eternal life simply by faith that God sent Jesus, oh God, to rescue me. If you're here this morning and you, you want that first baptism, you want that faith decision to follow Jesus, no one looking around today, you're saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Or, or maybe, you know, it's a first time decision, or maybe you're here and you're like, you know what, I've walked away from God and I'm far from God today. And today you're just going to say, I am making that decision. I'm, I'm recommitting my life to follow Jesus. I'm going to ask you to just shoot your hand up, hold it high for a moment. It's a moment between you and God. And in a moment, we're simply going to pray. You'd say, yeah, would you pray with me today? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyone else that you join with this one girl today and say, would you pray with me? This is your decision, your private decision, you and God. Come on, church, let's pray together with this one or maybe more that are praying this prayer today. Say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. I'm going to follow you. I believe that you died rose again so I could be forgiven I could be free thank you for saving me help me follow you in Jesus name amen come on church can we put a radical round of applause for those that made that decision today